You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. It's an amazing day. It's a little bit drizzly. But you know what? We need these days. We need to water the grass and the forests and the trees. And you know what? On days like today, where the weather doesn't really conform to a lot of outdoor activity, it means that we can rest. We can stop and rest and take a, an amazing Sabbath day and think and reflect on God and his goodness and what he's done in our life and what he's continually doing and the things that he's promised to do into the future. And we can know that we serve a good God who is faithful and a God who will be with us to the very end. And uh, yeah, amen. Amen. Well, it's been an amazing summer for me so far this year and uh, God has been teaching me a lot. And uh, last week I talked about, or two weeks ago, I spoke about stopping and resting, about not perpetually living in a way in which we go, 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 we never stop and rest, where we work, 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 and we get out of the rhythm which God has for us, which is to work and to stop and to rest and delight in Him and to contemplate Him and His goodness and bask in His glory so that he can fill us up with his presence and his goodness. And uh, I touched on how a Sabbath is not just a day off from work, but there's much more than that, that it's a day that's filled with the presence of God. And God is in our life every single day, every single moment of every single day. But on the Sabbath day, we stop all work, rest, paid or unpaid work. And um, part of this process is delighting in God, learning to delight and rest in him. And um, God desires for us to rest. And one of the mechanisms that God allows us to rest in him is to learn to delight in him. And to delight in God, it means to think about him, is, means to find joy and pleasure and fulfillment in God. And um, when we were, are delighting in God, he is the center of our thoughts. He's the center of our hearts, and he's the absolute focus and attention for our praise and for our worship. And to delight in God, really, it's another way of saying to worship God. It's an extension and an act of worship. And that's what I'd like to talk about with you this morning is finding joy and pleasure in God and extending, delighting in God and understanding it as a form of worship to our King. And um, I wanted to start off by sharing a little quote here. There's an author named Richard Foster who says, to worship is to experience reality and to touch life. It's to know, to feel, to experience the resurrected Christ And this morning, that's what we're doing this morning, just in a gathered community. We can do this everywhere, every single day. We can connect with our God because he's 
never far away. He's close by us all the time. He's near us. There's no way we can get away from his presence. He's here all the time. Just sometimes we're not attuned to his presence in that moment. And um, I'm just going to start off with a word of prayer. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, this morning. God, for your goodness. God, I thank you, Lord, that you built in a day of rest, God, a day in which we can delight in you. God, I thank you, Lord, that today is a day that we come and gather together to worship you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And God, I pray, Lord, this morning, God, that you would reignite a fire in us, God, that we would have a desire to worship you like never before. God, that we would reexamine our lives and think about the simple everyday things of our life, the things that we think are mundane and unspiritual. But God, the very things that, God, you want to invade those areas of our life with your presence as well. Show us that these things aren't mundane, but they're moments that you want to teach us and show us things and reveal aspects of your character and who you are so that we can become more like you. And so, God, I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be open and our minds, God, would be open to hear your word this morning and that it would change us. In Jesus' name, amen. This is the benefit of coming together as the church. It's where we meet the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in community together as the whole body. And um, we come together not just as individuals, but we are all connected. When we receive the Lord into our life, we now become family. The Bible says we become sons and daughters of God, which means we are the family of God. And it's an amazing thing. And hopefully, you like to spend time with your family. And, and my hope is that when you come here to Cole Lake Community Church, that you feel at home, that you feel like this is family, and these are people that you want to spend time with because they add to your life, they encourage you, and they challenge you to grow and to be the best you can be and to know who Jesus is first and foremost. I know this last few weeks, I guess a week, almost a week, some of us have been attending some of the camp meetings out at Cameron's, and I know, I don't know if there's anybody as excited about those meetings this year as our youth were leading up to this week. The level of anticipation and expectation was really, really high. And I wonder how often we come to places like this, to church, places of corporate gatherings with that level of expectation and anticipation that we're expecting God to come in an outstanding way and shift our thinking and change our present condition. Do we come with that heightened expectation and anticipation of what God's going to do when we get in our cars and roll to church in the morning? Yes? Awesome. That's good. I think expectation and anticipation are a great thing because it's where we meet God. It's where we're transformed by his presence. And this morning... I'm sure many of you already know this, but God is seeking worshipers. God is seeking men and women and children who desire him or are seeking after his heart like David. People who are worshipers that will worship him in spirit and in truth. 
John 4.23, this is the story of Jesus meeting with a Samaritan woman at the well. And Jesus says this, he says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Our Heavenly Father is seeking after worshipers, people who worship him. And worship is so much more than just a song. It's so much more than just singing on a Sunday. That's an extension of worship. It's one form, one formality of worship. But worship is a whole lifestyle. It's the condition of a Christian. It's our life. It's our heart. It's it's what we're all about, to worship God. It says here, God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. God is a good, good father. And there's a story, another parable that shares the, the heart of Christ, and the heart of the, our heavenly father for us, for his creation. And it's the story and the parable of the son, of the, um, it's escaping me. What do we call it? The prodigal son. Yes, the prodigal son. And uh, I just wanted to touch on that from Luke 15, 11 here this morning. I wanted to read it to you. It says, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me a share of my estate. So, so he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he'd had and set off for a distant country and squandered his wealth in wild living. This just sounds like the day in the life of a North American, doesn't it? A 20-year-old that goes and starts working in the oil field. I feel like this is like the story. It's the first paycheck, and it's like, woohoo! Truck, here I come. Hmm. After he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. We kind of experienced a sort of a famine of our own, didn't we, recently? A little bit of a a recession. And it's interesting that some of the people that I used to work with in NDT that made some of the most money, like these guys were making a quarter of a million dollars a year. But they were living beyond paycheck to paycheck. They were living payment to payment. And it was not a great situation for them. But needless to say, I think we know people in this situation, some of us may have been this person, maybe still are. So here he is, he has no money, nothing. And he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he finally said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, my favorite part of this story, Jesus said he was, the father was filled with compassion for his son, and he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. 
The son said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring in the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again, and he was lost, and now he is found. So they began to celebrate. And that's where I'm going to end this morning on that. We here this morning have a moment and an opportunity to celebrate. Because every single one of us at one point was lost. That did not know the Lord Jesus Christ. And there was a moment, a day, where we were found. Where we returned to our Heavenly Father. And he embraced us. He embraced us with everything that he has. And he now calls you son and daughter. What an amazing thing. What an amazing God that we serve and that we worship, a heavenly father. See, God is around us all the time. Sometimes we're not acutely aware of it, but we can't escape God. His presence is not limited to a church building, to a tent meeting, to any building. He resides in the hearts of those who are born again, and he is with his people. And when we leave this building this morning, God's spirit, it leaves with us. This, morning, this summer, I've been really contemplating, delighting in God. What does that mean? It's delight in God. And uh, I was reading Psalms 1. 39, where it says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn and I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me fast. God's a God who never changes. And he's everywhere. And every single day, we have opportunities to recognize the presence of God in our lives in these everyday moments. God is in us. He's around us. And there's nowhere we can go to escape his presence. He is Emmanuel, God, with us. Psalm 103. This is a very kind of famous psalm. We, there's this famous song that we sing often here at Coley Community Church, probably one of the most famous, popular Christian worship songs right now based on Psalm 103 here. And it says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all of your iniquities, who heals your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns your you with loving kindness and compassion. This is a psalm of David, the man who the Bible says was a man after God's own heart, a worshiper, who had the heart of a worshiper. And to sing, bless the Lord, O my soul. It's a beautiful song. And it's one in which we can delight in because God is good. And we 
when we're having those hard days, when we're having those rough days where we don't sense the presence of God in our life in that moment. I think this is very instructive. Here where it says, don't forget his benefits. How often do we in the moment forget what God has done for us? You know, when we think about where we were and where God has brought us, it's hard not, I know for me, it's hard not to be grateful. And when I'm grateful, truly grateful, it's pretty hard to have a bad attitude. When I reflect on my own life in those moments and those seasons where God felt far away, if I'm honest with myself, I can often link it to my own personal attitude, to my thought life to the things that I focus on. And almost every time it's because my eyes were no longer focused on Jesus. They're focused on something else, maybe career, maybe trying to become more successful in the world. Maybe it's to get that next promotion. Maybe it was for leisure and fun to get to that next vacation, go do something fun and exciting. But my eyes and my ambition were no longer solely placed on the kingdom of God and on Jesus. True worship is obedience to God for no other reason than we delight in him. There are things that I will do for my wife, not because I want praise, but because I love her. For no other reason than just, I just want to bless her and show my love to her. And my kids, there's things I will do to, for my kids just to see the smile on their face. Hey, little man. And my motivation is just to please them. It's not to get anything back for me in that moment. And when we live like that for Jesus, when our goal in life is to see a smile on Jesus' face. Everything in our life seems to get better. All of a sudden, Murphy gets lost. All of a sudden, Murphy loses directions. His GPS reroutes himself around your house, but somehow he misses it. It's amazing. And if anyone knows where Murphy lives, please let me know. You know, William Temple put it this way, to worship is to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to feed the mind with the truth of God, to purge the imaginations by the beauty of God, to open the heart to the love of God, and to devote our will entirely to the purposes of God. This describes a life a dutiful life of worship to God, who's sold out to Jesus and whose sole purpose is to please God, to worship him with every action, with every thought. This morning, God is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And worship is something that begins inside. It begins in our heart. And then it flows out in forms of expression. And this is some, I think, sometimes where we misunderstand and misinterpret and make assumptions 
about people based on outward expression sometimes, that we don't always have a great view on that, where we think that singing and certain forms of expression somehow are acts of worship and something else isn't. But the Bible gives us so many different forms of worship. And in fact, the form of worship comes secondary to the act of worship to, of a worshipful, worshipful heart. That God sees through the formality, the forms of worship, and he's looking at our heart condition. And um, when we worship God and our focus is on him, sometimes it will result in different things. We see scripturally that sometimes it will involve raising of hands, kneeling, dancing, celebrating God. And we see that represented in churches today. We see that represented in our church. Sometimes it will result in things that aren't quite so animated, like silence. Did you know God's presence can absolutely fill silence? Some of the most transformative moments of my life have been in complete silence, where God, his still small voice comes. and transforms us from the inside out. Sometimes solitude and contemplative prayer can be where God meets us. Sometimes just being completely still before God, meditating on his word and his goodness and his glory, acknowledging and appreciating his creation. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, often the word that was used for worship basically meant to be prostrate before God, to just lie down, face on the ground, to worship God. Just in awe, just being still in his presence. And it's not something that I necessarily practice very much in a corporate setting. But worship, it's the outward forms of expression need to match what's happening on the inside. And sometimes we know the motions. We can go through motions. And we can know what worship looks like. And we can go through motions and not really have the heartfelt atmosphere and the heartfelt um, desire to really worship God. Richard Foster in his book, Celebration of Discipline, talks about it like this. He says, worship is our response to the overtures of love from the heart of the Father. Its central reality is found in spirit and in truth. And it's kindled within us only when the Spirit of God touches man's spirit. Forms and rituals do not produce worship, but nor does the disuse of forms and rituals prove worship. The worship team can come on up. If they're here this morning. I truly believe that God wants us to understand that we need to be worshipers, people who worship him in spirit and in truth. And that worship is not just one thing. 
but worship is a multitude of things. That we need to earnestly and authentically orientate our hearts and our minds to the revelation of God through the person of Jesus Christ and know him as Lord, know him as Savior, but also know him as the thing in which we delight in, the person in whom we delight in, the person whom we rest in. And I was thinking about this in my message from two weeks ago. They talked about resting in the Lord, and someone came up and talked to me afterwards and said, I don't really know how to do that. What's the difference between just resting and resting in God? I said, the difference is the presence of God. The difference is our intention. That when we are intentional to think about God and his precepts, to think about his word, to, call, to talk to him under a breath all day long, be intentional to look for God in the everyday moments. And we can, then we can actually do, as Paul says, to pray without ceasing. It's God on our mind all day long. It's God in our dream life as we sleep. It's God and his spirit just resonating in our, in our being every single day because we're aware of his presence and we are intentionally focused on his presence and hearing his voice. Many of us have pain and pasts that have produced fear. Many of us will have unmet expectations, perhaps even of God and church and, uh, and just faith life in general. And none of us are going to live it out perfectly. But that's why God's grace is here. And if it's sufficient for Paul, a man who killed people, whose whole focus and intention was to destroy the church, was to destroy the work of God that was happening in the early church, if God could restore him, reorientate his mind and his heart, transform him into a man who was sold out for him, he can do it for us. And his, if his grace is sufficient for Paul, it's sufficient for us. Don't allow what's wrong with you right now to keep you from worshiping what's right with God. Don't allow what's not good in you right now to prevent you from seeing what's good in God and praising and worshiping that. Sometimes I think we come to a worship setting like this and we feel burdened by, by life, by maybe poor life decisions, by life circumstances. This morning, we're going to go into a time of worship. And I want to challenge you this morning to lay those things aside. That if there's something that's hindering you from really sensing God's presence here this morning that you would ask Holy Spirit say Holy Spirit what in my life right now is hindering me from sensing you from hearing your voice from encountering your transformational presence this morning and just wait and see what God shows you and give it to him this morning say God I don't want anything in my life that hinders me from knowing you, from being transformed 
into your likeness, to fulfilling the calling that you have for my life. And then I invite you to worship God freely, however you feel. However you feel led. There'll be no judgment in here of that one form is better than another. One person might feel like hanging from the chandeliers. And someone else, God might meet them in a moment of silence and stillness. And know that we serve an amazing God who will meet you exactly where you're at. But he's not going to leave you there. He's going to pick you up. And he's going to restore you. And he's going to make you new. And he's going to light a fire in your soul. It's going to change your mind, renew your mind, transform your heart. All of a sudden, the things that were important to you when you came in here this morning that don't really matter, that were occupying your mind space and controlling your attitude, my prayer is that they'll melt away. And that what you'll be left with is the beauty of the majesty of Jesus, God in his glory that you would sense and know his love for you as a son and as a daughter. And that you'd be able to rest in his presence, knowing that you are the son and daughter of a king. And that he loves you. So this morning, we're going to worship. And um, I'm just going to pray over our worship team before we worship, because... These guys are so vital. And also our sound team in the back. You guys are crucial. Sometimes we don't see them because they're sitting at the back of the room, but those guys make this happen. And we are so thankful for you guys. Thank you, PowerPoint and sound people. You guys make it happen. We just bless you. But Father God, this morning, God, we thank you for your presence. God, I thank you that you were here this morning. God, I thank you for our worship team. God, I thank you, Lord, that you've given them gifts and abilities. But God, first and foremost, God, I thank you, Lord, that you've given each of them a heart to worship you. God, I thank you for their heart of worship. God, I pray that you continue to keep developing it in them. And Lord, that they would worship unhindered. God, I thank you for the way that they lead us into worship through music and through your word. God, I pray you'd bless them this morning, God, that you would just light a fire under their feet and in their soul, God, to excite them this morning, that you would lead us into worship this morning. God, that you would bring to mind the things that we need to dispose of. God, that you would restore us and renew our souls, God, with living water, God, so that we would leave here, God, not feeling depleted. God, not feeling depressed. God, not feeling like we can't do it. But God, that we would know that we are loved, that we can rest in you, and that you are the source. God, you are our hope. God, you are a sustainer. And God, we would know how much we desperately need you, God, and how much you are in our life, and how you desire to lead us, God, into the everlasting. So, Lord, this morning...
Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your transformational presence that wants to make us new and make us like you. I pray for worshipful abandonment. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.